Good morning. Welcome to The Grove. My name is Eric Mentor, Pastor of The Grove, and we're thrilled you're here. Thank you for coming. We're going to start a new series today. It's going to be a mini-series for two weeks, and then after that, we're going to do a series on sharing our faith. Um, I'm so excited about these two series. Let me tell you why. So the next two weeks are really important. I encourage you to come. But after that, we're going to be talking about sharing our faith, and here, here's why these next two series I'm so excited about. Because they have the potential right, to make the biggest impact, not just for now, but for eternity. If we can get these two right as a church, as, in, as people, uh, this, this, they'll be the most fulfilling things you'll do in life, and they'll be the most fulfilling things you do in your eternity because you're going to be helping accomplish something that's bigger than any one of us can ever accomplish. And so we're going to be walking through that these next couple of weeks, really preparing for the fall as, as a church. Typically, churches begin to grow in September. Like, new people come. We'll have a lot of new families that will come. And we want to be ready for just opportunities to be able to share the light to our, to our, um, our city, to our neighbors. And so we want to give you tools. And so we're going to be going through that. So today, um, we're going to kick it off with a series about finances and about money. There's a couple things I want to cover before we get into this. One is this. All right, in the Bible, there are 500, more than 500 verses uh, that talk about prayer. All right? And there's almost 500 verses that talk about faith. But there are more than 2,000 verses that talk about money and possessions. So if you, if you don't know this, money is really important. In fact, one of the most misquoted verses that you'll hear people say is money is, money is the root of all evil. And that is not correct. All right? Money is not the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. That's different. Greed is different than money. Money is just a tool. It's not good or bad. It's just a tool. I think it's better than, than bad usually. But it can be bad also. But it's just a tool. It's, it's neutral. It's how we use it. And so we're going to be talking about finances, about giving, uh, about, about money. And here's one of the things. I know sometimes we uh, – oh, the other thing. Jesus' teachings, 30% of Jesus' teachings were about money and possessions. 30%, so one-third. And here's why it's so, so important, why the Bible covers it so much. Because it's the best indicator for where our heart is. In fact, Jesus said, if you want to know where your heart is, just look at where you put your treasure. It'll give you an indication of where your heart is. And this is why it's so important, because God cares about our heart. Above all else, he cares about our heart. He wants to know that our hearts are right. He wants us to be able to do things with the right motives. So it's a, it's a huge thing for us. Um, so we're going to cover that. So here's a couple of things that you might be pushing back with when it comes to offering and to giving. Um, sometimes I hear, I don't hear a lot of people say this, but every now and then somebody will tell me, you know, all the church wants is my money. That's all they want. All they ever talk about is money. Well, maybe that's because they, they, when they did go to church, it was, that was a subject that was talked about that day. Hopefully that's not that you, you know, you've been in church for a long time. You come and I'm talking about money. You're like, see, I, I, I knew it. You're going to ask for money. Um, Really, honestly, our heart as a church is we don't want something from you. We want something for you. And so you'll, if you listen to our other podcasts, this is not a subject we cover a lot, but it is an important subject we need to cover. And in fact, as I begin to prepare for this, I learned a lot myself that I'm so excited to share with you because it's, it's given me a new perspective and a new passion for this. And so we'll be talking about that. Another maybe pushback we have is, well, I'll, um, if I give, this is the idea, if I give, then I'll have less. That just doesn't make sense. The Bible asks me to give, and I already don't have enough. So if I give, I'm going to have less. Well, the Bible is full of what we call paradox. Right? It's two ideas that almost seem opposite, but they, they, they're related and they work together. For example, the Bible says if you want to be rich, then you have to learn to give. The opposite of, of hoarding, you know, you have to be generous. So if you want more, you have to learn to, to let go. It's, it's a paradox. You live by dying. You gain by giving. And, and the Bible talks about that. When, when you have that pushback of, well, I'll give when I have less then I'll have less. It's actually the Bible will teach us that it's actually the opposite of that. When you give, God blesses, and he, we'll walk through that today. The third thing people might say is, well, I'll give when I have more. One day, you know, I'll get a raise and I'll be able to give enough. I'll give then when I have more. The truth is, if you're not giving now, you're most likely not going to give then. 
Uh, you know, I hear sometimes people talk about, if I won the lottery, man, I would, I would build a church, and I'd help the orphanage in, in Mexico, and I'd help all these things. And they, they have all these great plans if they inherited all this money all of a sudden. But the truth is, if they inherited it, they're going to do the same thing they've been doing. If they weren't giving in the beginning, they're not going to give after. This is one of the reasons that when people win lottery, it's such a high percentage, like 98% like that, will be bankrupt within so many years uh, because they didn't know how to handle money before. They're not going to know how to handle it after. So if you, when you, don't wait to have more to give. Learn that. We're going to talk about this in the next couple of weeks. Um, and here, here's what I know. In our room, there is, there is pressure that you feel when it comes to finances. And this is one of the reasons I want to talk about this. Uh, there, there's a pressure in our country, our government. Um, our, our national debt not has not only doubled, but it's tripled um, in the last few years. That's not a good thing. If you, if you know money, that is, a, that is a terrible thing for a nation to keep incurring more and more debt and keep borrowing and borrowing. Because one day there will be a day that we can borrow no more and things will have to change drastically. And so when we get to that place, here's the thing that I want to teach is, is some of the principles we're going to teach is if you do it God's way, he will always take care of you. He'll, he'll provide. He'll, he'll watch you. And, and so in our room, because of the way our nation has gone, the direction – it's safe to say majority of the people in this room have a pressure with when it comes to finances, a debt load that you're carrying, a strain maybe in your relationship because of finances. I get that, and this is why it's so important to talk about this because I want to help you be free from that strain and from that pressure that you're feeling. Haggai explains it like this. All right, Haggai 1, 5 through 6, the prophet in the Old Testament, he says, Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much but harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You put on clothes, but you are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. He's pointing out a reality that the people were going through. Like they, were, they, they didn't have enough. They, they had more months than their paycheck could fill, right? Like as soon as they got their check, it was already spent. They're in that situation. And I know there's some people in this room that you're going through that same thing. I felt the pressure of debt before. I know what that feels like. It's not fun. It's a pressure that, that sits on you, that sits in your chest. It just it weighs you down. It, it keeps, you, keeps you just stuck. And we want to break that in your life. There's a pressure. And maybe you're in this room and you might feel that pressure when it comes to finances. Well, the next couple of weeks, we're going to teach you how to see finances and money the way the Bible tells us to see it. And when you begin to see it the way God sees it, it changes. And, and you can begin to be free from that, that, that pressure. So you don't have to live t- paycheck to date paycheck. And you don't have to keep adding more debt. You can get out of that cycle. Because uh, here's the truth. In, in fact, next week we'll talk about this a lot. But if you have debt, you need to learn. To, you, have to, you have to work hard to get out of debt. Because that's going to be the one thing. If, if, the, if the economy does turn, that's going to be the one thing that really trips up a lot of people. We have to learn to be able to move beyond that. So here's the tension that we live in. I, I get it. Some, some people in this room, you, you don't have enough and you, you need more. Well, I'm going to teach you how to have more. If you'll do it God's way, God will provide, and we're going to talk about that. They did a study, because uh, we live this, with this tension. They did a study, because uh, a lot of people think, well, uh, if I have more, I'll give more. But in fact, all the studies show that the more a person makes, the less they actually give away. Like the richer a person becomes, the less percentage of their wealth they give away. So if you have less money, you're more inclined to give more of it away because you're not holding on to it as tight, right? Maybe that's part of it. So they did a study, and they found out this is just Christians, right? So we're, we're a church that we're Christ followers. We, we, we want to follow God, God's example, Jesus' example, his way. And so, so they did a study worldwide and then nationwide of Christians a few years back. And this is what they found, right? Um, they, they, when they did this study, they found that worldwide Christians made $15.2 trillion dollars. And out of that $15.2 trillion, they gave away $270 billion. 
you do the math, uh, I'll do it for you. That's 1.8% of what they made. All right. So 1.8% worldwide Christians gave 1.8% of, of their, um, what they earned away. Well, they did a na- nationwide study in the, in the United States. And what do you think? Did we give more or less? We gave less. We gave 1.7%. So that year they did the study, Christians, American Christians, they, they, gave, they made $5.2 trillion, and they gave $92 billion away, which the math is 1.7. So um, if, if, if the math I just told you out of all the Christians, we made a third of what all the world made. All right? So our small nation, I mean, it's a good size, but our, compared to the world, it's small. All right? We made a third. We, we earned a third of all that, of all Christians. A third of them were, were the finances were in the United States, and we gave less than the rest of the world. I don't know about you, but I don't think that's acceptable. I think we, have, we should be leading the way when it comes to, to saying we want to follow your ways. So here's the thing. If you're, if you're here today and maybe um, you're, you're, you're suspicious, um, you, you think um, I'm all about getting in your checkbook, uh, let me just let me kind of tell you something first off the bat, right? Um, these principles that we're going to talk about, because here's what we're going to teach, is to live by principle, not by pressure. Um, if you ever feel pressure to give at our church, don't give. Because the Bible says if, if you do it that way, you're doing it wrong. Like it should be a joy. It should be a, you should be prepared to give this, and we're going to talk about this. But don't ever feel that pressure. In fact, as, if you're not a Christian, the principles we're going to talk about, you will be blessed if you practice them because a principle is, is it's not um, – it's not according if you're a Christian or not. It's just a principle for everybody. A principle works all, uh, all around the world. Principles will stand up to the test that we put them to. And so we're going to be teaching principles. So if you're not, don't feel pressure. I'm not even, I'm not even asking you to give to our church. But I am asking you, make sure that you, if, if you're in practice that you do it the way God wants you to do it. Um, for, for everybody else, we say this a lot in our church, that we want something for you, not something from you. And we mean that. Like, if you never gave a penny to our church, you're still welcome to come. We want you to come. We want you to learn. We want to help you and your family. We have great ministries that take place. Uh, but if you really want to begin to follow God and his ways, I would encourage you to really practice this and, and learn it. So we're going we're gonna to learn about this. So here's my challenge. Live by principle, not pressure. Uh, live by principle, not pressure. In fact, I think Dave Ramsey says it. Um, when you live by principle, um, majority of your decisions are already made for you. Because you know the answer. When you've, when you've set your value and you've said this is what I'm going to um, live according to, it's easy to say no to things because you've already made your mind up. The principle I'm going to live by is no debt. All right, so you can't buy that car because you can't afford it. It's, it's made for you. You don't have to go and fight and figure out a way. You live by principle, not pressure. So when it comes to finances, live by principle, not pressure. Don't get yourself in a situation where you create more pen- pressure on yourself also. So here's when it comes to finances. Here's what the Bible teaches. The principle is called the tithe. And tithe means a tenth. All right? So throughout the Old Testament, God is, is, is telling the people of Israel, and, and even before the, he gives the law, there's these stories where they offer sacrifices and offerings. And, and, and uh, one of the first uh, four, uh, fathers of the faith, he gives a tenth of, of all the things that he earned to God. And God blesses him for it. So it's called a, it's called a tithe. It, it, it means a tenth. All right, so one-tenth. And so that's what they gave a portion to God. So we can say a tithe, it equals a test. Because really what it is, is a test. It's, it's, it's God's way of testing us to see where our heart is. Because how we handle money is one of the most accurate tests that we can find. It's the best indicator for where our heart is. If, if, if I was to say, let me, let me see your checkbook or let me see your bank statement, it would be really obvious to see what you value in your life. Why? 
Because where you spend your money, that's an indication of where your heart is. If you like having fun, it's going to reflect in your bank. Like you went out to the movies, went shopping, all this stuff. Be like, that's easy. You, you, you really like clothes. You really like looking good. Whatever it is, it reflects on your, how you handle your money because it's an indicator for where our heart is. It shows what's most important to us. So how you handle money shows where your heart is, and it shows what's most important to you. It's a trustworthy indicator. It's a test from God to show our priorities, to show our loyalties, and to show our affections. I think it's brilliant. I think, I think it's, a, it's a great way to, to, um, to show that. So the, the tithe, it's an equalizer. The reason 10% is because it doesn't matter if you make 10 or 1,000. We all feel it equally when you give a portion of your income away to God, and you're blessed by this. Well, I didn't, I, this is one of the things I learned. I mean, I heard of it growing up, and I, I understood the tithe is important. But really, the principle is not just the tent. That, that, that's part of it. Really, the principle is called first fruits or the firstborn. Um, and I'm going I'm to explain what that means. All right. So in, in the Old Testament, there's a story of these two brothers, uh, Cain and Abel. You might have heard this story. Maybe you haven't. Well, well uh, eventually Cain kills Abel because um, he's jealous and because he gets angry at God. Well, this is where it starts off. It's in, in Genesis 4, 2 through 5, in the first book of the Bible, it says, Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. All right, so one, one worked with animals, one worked with, 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 with plants. And it says, in the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of his soil as an offering to the Lord. So over a course of time, you know, it took some while, he kind of gathered some stuff and brought it as an offering to God. But Abel, he brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain and Abel bring their offerings. God looks down and he accepts Abel's and he doesn't accept Cain's. I mean, he's, that's pretty mean, right? Like, man, at least he brought an offering. But here's, here's the point of the story, is God is trying to point something out. It's, it's not the offering that we give that's the most important. It's the, the fact that we give first. So when Abel brought his, his firstborn and the, the, the best of his first of his animals, it was a faith statement because it requires to, to give uh, the first part. What he was saying is, God, I'm going to give you this, not knowing how many more lambs, that, how many more babies that, that sheep was going to have. Right? It was a faith statement. I'm going to give you the first, and I don't know if this will have any more. I'm going to trust it will. And it's a faith statement when we give our first, the first fruit of something, because we're saying we put our trust. Because it requires faith to give the first part. And this is the principle that any, I'm going to say a lot of Christians even miss out on. Because sometimes, you know, we give our, our tithe, we give our offering, we give whatever. But it's not, because it's not the first, it's really not a faith statement. A faith statement is saying, I don't know what's next, but I'm going to trust you with this because you asked me to. I'm going to trust it to you. It's a primary way that we acknowledge God first. Giving is the primary way we acknowledge God first. So how you handle stuff, it indicates where your heart is. God accepted Abel's offering because it was the first. It was a faith statement. And throughout our walk with God, there's always this, this, this component where God is inviting us into relationship, and there's always a component of faith. Like you have to, you have to step out not knowing where you're going. You have to trust that he's going to provide. He's going to take care of you. He's going to help you out on this journey. Leviticus, this is what it talks about the tithe. Leviticus 27.30 says, A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. So what that word holy means is it's set apart. Like this belongs to God. So really the tithe, what the Bible teaches, is it's really not that the 10% we give. We're not giving to God. We're actually returning to God because it belongs to him. Like he's saying that first part of your, of your income, that belongs to me is what God is saying. Now, here's the thing. God doesn't need your money. He doesn't need your money. 
He has all the money in the world. He can, he can get it wherever he wants. It's not about him getting your money. It's about him knowing that he has your heart. That's why giving is so important because it indi- is an indicator for where our heart is. In fact, our church doesn't need your money. I mean, we want you to give because we can reach more people, but there's not a single person in this church that's carrying our church. It's a lot of people who give faithfully over a period of time that we come together and we accomplish it together. And I love that. There's not one person that can say, well, I'm out of here. Say, well, that's your, that's your choice. You can, you can leave. You can, there's a lot of great churches. We'll help you find one because we're not about that. We're not saying we, we want that. We, we need it. Um, and next week we're going to talk about the, the, the practices of it. One of the reasons there's not a lot of pressure on our church also is because we've done some really healthy things following principles from the Bible to get us in a place where we can say, man, we can do what God's calls to do without any pressure on us. Let's, let's be wise about how we do things. It's awesome. So it belongs to the Lord. See, when, when we mess with God's stuff, there's always negative consequences. Adam and Eve in the garden, what did God say? Out of all these trees, you can eat except that one. Like, don't mess with that one. Like, that's set apart. That's different. That's not for you. That's for me. And as soon as they crossed the line and took what was rightfully God's, what happened? Sin entered, and then a lot of disease, destruction, death came with that. Well, it's the same thing. We're returning to God the portion that's his and saying, God, we, we want to return this. It belongs to you. It's, it's set apart. It's holy. A tithe of everything, whether the grain, the soil, the fruit of the trees, belongs to the Lord. So the whole point of tithing is this, is to give God his portion first. The whole point of tithing is to give God first, to give to God first. We need to learn to give to him first. And this is what I, where I learned. I knew about first fruits. I've always been faithful in the tithe, but I didn't realize that when you don't do it first, it's not really that much of faith because you're able to pay all your big bills. You're like, okay, I guess I have, I've still, I'm still good on the tithe. You know, I'm going to keep just in case I run out and I can give a little less. But it's not a faith statement. So even though you tithe, if you're not doing it first, you're missing the point of, of the principle of, of tithing, of giving. And when you test him, he always responds. In Deuteronomy 14.23, it says this, The purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your lives. Like God wants us to put him first. And the reason he, he asked for this is so that he can help us keep on track of saying, God, you're first in my life. The purpose is to always put God first in your lives. Proverbs, 30, I mean, Proverbs 3, 6, 9, and 10 says this, The wisdom book, In all your ways submit to him. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruit of all your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. How many of you guys want your barns to be filled to overflowing, right? You guys got some barns in your backyard? Like, I need my barns to be filled to overflowing. Apply whatever that, whatever that means and you're, you're filled of work. Man, when you do this, God says your, your barns will be flowed overflowing and your vats. I don't know what a vat is, but man, that sounds good. Fill my vats up with wine, to, or new wine, right? Man, fill it up. There's blessings that come with putting God first. We put God first, he protects the rest. Um, in fact, the only time in the Bible it tells us to test God is when it comes to finances. Like, like we're not supposed to test God. Like He says, don't put God to a foolish test. But the one verse that does says, test me in this, it's about finances. In fact, I'm going to read it for you. Malachi 3, 10 through 11, this is what it says. It says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. That there may be food in my house. He's talking about the church. He's talking about, about his, 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 the place that's building his kingdom. Like he wants food. Like, so we have some good food in this church, right? Our, our G kids, they have an awesome ministry. Like that's, we're feeding kids spiritually. And, and, and when you come on Sundays, we've prepared. We have something that's going to give you nourishment for your week. That's food. So he's saying bring it so that there will be food in my storehouse. Well, we want to reach more people in Santa Fe. So as, as, as we're faithful in, in, in giving, faithful in following God, we'll be able to have more food, spiritual food to help others, if that makes sense. 
So bring, bring food in my house. Test me in this. Here's the part. Test me in this, says the Lord. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessings that there will not be room enough to store it. Now, that's a pretty good test. He says, try this, and then I'm going to pour open the windows of heaven and bless you. You can't even contain it. Man, that sounds like a good test to me. Like if that, you pass that test, there's some good stuff coming with it. And then he goes on and says this. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. That's a pretty good thing. And, I, and the vines in your field will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. So he, what he's saying is when, when, you, when you give the first portion to God, you're saying this first part is going to redeem and cover the, the rest of it. So you give that first portion to God, and the other 90% is covered by him. Like another, another word is, is uh, I, I will rebuke the devourer. Like so the enemy wants to come and still, like he's going to protect the other 90% from that. So you can keep your 100%. You keep and do what you want with it, but there's no protection over that. Or you say, God, I put you first. He says, all right, I'm going to not just cover it, but I'm going to bless you. And you can see why the tithe is so important, right? It's a principle of saying, I want to bless you. I want to, I want to, I want to give you more than you ha- more than so you have more than enough. I want to bless you so you can have more to do more good to help others. This is the principle of the tithe, and he says, test me in this. In Deuteronomy's, in fact, there's four verses that says, when you do it God's way, when you follow His way, He will bless everything you put your hand to. Like everything you put your hand to, He's going to bless it. When you put God first, He responds by blessing everything you do. He says, test me in this, and don't watch. I will throw the windows of heaven open, and I'll pour out so much blessings, there's no room for you to contain. Here's the good news. When you pass a test, you gain, you gain mastery over that subject, right? When you pass a test, you gain confidence. Like you ace that, you're like, man, I, got, I, I know this. I, I got this. It's good. When you go through a test with somebody else, like my wife and I, when we go through challenges and, uh, you know, in the past, different things, well, when you make it through that trial or that test, you gain confidence in each other. You, you gain trust. You build trust, and you begin to say, man, I, I, if we can make it through this together, we can make it through anything. On the bike ride we're going to go on you know, in a couple of weeks, when you ride with somebody 500 miles, they're, they're, you, you, you make it through this challenging thing, you build trust. You build confidence in those around you. You begin to build a relationship. Well, this is the same thing. So, so money is, is God's way of testing us in our hearts, but it's also us, a, a way for us to test God. It goes both ways. And here's what, here's what happens when you test God and you pass that test. You will always gain confidence and you'll always gain trust. In fact, if, 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 uh, if you're here and you begin to ask other Christians in the room that, if they've tithed before, uh, I'm, I'll guarantee you they will say it works. I believe in it. Even if they don't do it, because sometimes it gets tight and, you know, they, have to, they pull back, whatever it is. Maybe they've taken out that faith element. If you ask them, they'll say, yeah, I believe in it. It's just sometimes it's hard to put my trust. Sometimes it's hard to, to put my, my, my money where my mouth is, so to say. Right? Sometimes it's difficult. But they, they believe in it. We see it. It happens. When you pass a test, you gain confidence because God always comes through. Maybe fill in this blank for me. In blank, I trust. What would you say there? In what do you trust? Well, if I look at your checkbook, I, I'll know if you trust God or not. Or, or maybe this next one. Blank has the first place in my life. What has the first place in your life? What is the most important thing to you? It would be great if we could all say, God, has, he's number one in my life. Well, it'd be really easy to, 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 uh, to justify that statement by showing if your money is where your mouth and your statement is. This is why it's so important. Why God says, make sure you get this. Don't miss this. And as a church, if we get this, we can be such a huge blessing to Santa Fe and to our world. Man, we, can, we, can, we can help so many people connect. And you'll be blessed. And God will, God will lead you on this, on this, on this journey. 
you know, in my life as, as we do it. So when, when we're faithful in giving, it doesn't always come back in finances. In fact, don't give to get. That's the wrong motivation. God's not going to honor that. You give because you put God first, and then you just trust him for the rest. Like you, he's going to cover it. He's going to give you more. A couple months back um, when I was studying this, and I, I realized, like, man, I had been paying my, my mortgage before God. I've been doing these other things. I was still going to tithe, but I didn't give him it first. Well, one month I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to do it first thing. I'm, before I pay my mortgage, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send my tithe off. And so um, I, I sent it off. And that month I looked back at it, and, and uh, for some reason it was a better month than other months. Like we did more than we usually do, and we had more money. And I can't explain it. It just happened that way. Um, when we give to God, he always responds. Let me, let me share a, a couple stories with you that kind of illustrate this. Um, a few years back, we're, we're getting ready to do this, this, this bike ride that we do every year to raise money. And none of this money comes to our church. As you know, it goes to, to help good organizations, nonprofits, to, to help do good around the world. Uh, we're going to build water wells, like sincerity said. We're going to help uh, save some, um, some people from the sex trade. Um, my, my son's really excited about that, um, helping human trafficking, you know, get, eliminate some of that somewhere in our world. Um, help buy vehicles for organizations like Convoy of Hope. So we do all this good. When they first started a few year, five years ago, um, I wanted to ride, and they told me about it. And, and um, I've always been interested in cycling, never never had. So I wanted to ride. And so one of the things you need to ride is a bike, right? Like a, a road bike. And so I didn't have one. And so I I told the guy, well, I'll, I'll see what I can do, and I'd like to train. And so I didn't have a bike. And so Father's Day, uh, five years ago, was on Father's Day. We went to my, my to Saturday's parents, my in laws. And when we were there, we had a, had a good time hanging out with them. And right before I leave, my father-in-law says, hey, I, I got this bike at a, at a rummage sale. I want you to come see it. So he pulls it out. And, uh, you know, road bikes, they, they have drop-ins, so you can go real low and, and cut in. Well, he pulled them up because it was too low, and he likes to ride up more comfortably. He says, I really don't like it because it's not a comfortable bike. Um, and he says, but I bought it for good price. And, you know, I might sell it at the yard sale or something. And so he says, why don't you try, don't you try it out? So I get on it, and I'm like, man, this fits me pretty good. So we put the handlebars down, you know, and ride in it good. And, and I'm like, well, hey, before you sell this bike, like, give me an opportunity to buy it because I'll buy it before you do it at the, at the, at the yard sale. It's a, dec- it's a good bike, Cannondale, one of the bikes I liked, one of the bikes I wanted. And, uh, and so he says, well, just, just have it. It's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. It's a gift for me to you. And I'm like, no, no, I'll, I'll pay for it. You know, I want to pay for it. Um, you know, t- how much? How much do I give you? He says, well, how much do you think I bought it for? I'm like, I know, $100, a rummage sale, that would have been a good price, you know. It's still a really good good, good price. He says, no, less. I'm like, what? Less than 100 That's a really good deal. And so eventually he tells me I paid $10 for this bike. I'm like, what? Oh, you can show that bike. You want to show? There we go. That one, yeah. So nice bike. And it, aluminum, you know, not super, super fancy, but it's a really good bike. And so um, I got this bike and $10. I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. I needed a bike. God provided. I, I, uh, the first year, I wasn't sure if it was good enough to ride the whole 500. And so I rented another bike. And after I rode the 500, I was like, my bike's just as good. So the second year, I rode this bike. Um, and I gave him a card a few years ago saying, thank you. Um, the, the bike you gave me helped to raise this much money, this X amount of money. It was in thousands of dollars. Um, because of your generosity, because of your, you know, that's not an accident. That is not an accident. Things like that happen all the time um, when you're faithful and you put God first. Well, this last year, I wanted to buy a bike. And my wife's like, just go buy it. I'm like, well, it's not really buying it. It's putting it on a credit card, if, you, if that makes sense. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. Um, we don't have the money. So just go buy it. You need a bike. It's, we only have one car, so it'd really be like my, my car, you know, my transportation. Hey, that's how Robert justified his purchase is, well, it's really like my transportation. So, um, so she's telling me, just go buy it. And I'm like, I, I want to be patient. I want to make sure it's the right bike. I found the bike I want, but it's a lot of money. We don't have it. So we'll save. We'll wait. We'll be patient. My bike's good enough. 
And so last year, I go into the shop, and you can rent like a $5,000 bike for really cheap. It's not you know, one of the bike shops that lend it to you for a week. So the guy said, I told him about what we're doing, Bike for the Light, we're doing for a good cause, and how, many, how much money we raised the previous years, and all that. And he says, well, if, if, if you can borrow this bike, if you just service it after, we'll lend it to you. So I'm going to use a $4,000 bike just for a service. It's a pretty good deal. And he says, wait, before you go, though, he says, um, I just, something just came to my mind. Uh, we, had a, we have one of our customers came in and bought a new bike, and he, he, his old one, he said, hey, find somebody that's doing a good cause and give this to them. And he says, just come back here. Let's just, before you take off, let's, let's look at this. So he goes into the store. He pulls it behind. He pulls down this bike, and uh, it's a hybrid. has some, some carbon fiber, some aluminum, like fancy stuff, and really good components. And so he says, hey, let's see if this fits you. And I get on. He's like, wow, that's like a perfect fit. Uh, he says, I guess it's yours. And coincidence, right? It's a coincidence. Um, and so I walk out. Uh, you can show the next one. So last year, I rode on, rode on a nicer bike. Um, I didn't have to pay for a bike, right? So it was given to me. Um, things like this happen. It's not a coincidence. God provides. He takes care of us. But here's the, thing you, the other thing you have to understand is sometimes it takes time, and you have to be patient. It doesn't always happen overnight. Now, when you test God, he says he's going to open the windows of heaven. It might not happen right away. Sometimes it does. But you have to be patient and say, God, I'm going to trust you in this. I'm going I'm to trust you in this. Those are not coincidences. Over and over and over. We'll talk next week about some of the practices and maybe other, other blessings God has done. Um, one, of, one of our... Um, I'll go to that. Let's go to, the, let's go to the challenge. So here's our challenge for today. Our challenge is this. Test God and give your first fruits this week. Uh, let me tell you some really good news. This doesn't apply just to money. First fruits can apply to time, all right, to your, to your talents, to things that you do. When you give God the, your first, he blesses the rest. So all of you guys, you are set up for this week to be blessed. Why? Because you gave God the first of your week. It's your first fruit of your week. Saying, God, when you come to church, it's a faith statement of saying, God, I put you first in my life. This is why church attendance is so important. Because it's a statement of saying, God, I put you first. Or in your day, prayer and reading your Bible, it's a faith statement of saying, God, before I do anything else, I put you first. Can I be honest? I'm weak in this area on a daily basis. Like I try, and there's some days I do really good. And I, I know the difference. When I, when I put God first and I, and I seek him and I spend some time reading my Bible, it helps me. But sometimes life, you know, kids, a lot of things gets in the way. So I'm trying to get better at that. How can I put God first on my day? How can I put God first? Test God. And just so you know, he's testing you. Where's your heart? Test me where you're at. And give your first fruits this week. So no pressure. I'm not saying give your money to the church. That's not, my, that's not the point of this. The point is saying, God, I'm going I'm to test you in this. In fact, um, there's a lot of churches that we believe in in Santa Fe. And if you don't want to give, if you don't trust our church with your finances, that's okay. I'll help you find other churches that you can, you can pour into. Because the point is the kingdom. We want the kingdom to grow. We want churches to grow. We want local church to grow. That's our, that's our heart. In fact, our, our growth track, when we, on, on Wednesday when we talk about it, one of the things that I, I, I'll talk, talk to you about is why we do church the way we do it and how it's okay if this doesn't fit your, your personality, your style, and there's other churches that do just as good a job, some, some cases better in different areas, and we'll help you find that church where you can get plugged in. Because our heart is to you to be healthy and plugged in somewhere that you're going to be excited about, not somewhere you have to endure. Now, some people go to church and they think it was a great service when you endured, like you get more points for enduring like a boring service. You know, I got brownie points in heaven today because I sat through this really boring service for two hours. God's literally must, must love me today. Well, that's not, you don't get brownie points for enduring something. You know, you, 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 you should enjoy where you go. And you should enjoy, you get plugged in, you should believe in it. And this is one of the ways you show you believe in it. So the pressure is not, 
Remember, live by principle, not pressure. So in fact, at the end of service, we will receive an offering. That's even wrong. We're all going to give in an offering, all right? Uh, we're all going to give an opportunity to give in the offering. And if you didn't come prepared, I would t- encourage you don't give because that's pressure. I don't want to put pressure on you. Next time, come prepared. Or you can go online later today or another day, and you can say, hey, I want to give my first. I want to be a part of that. So no pressure. If you can't trust our church, it doesn't get you off the hook. If you're following Christ, you still need to learn to give. It's sad that we as, as Christians only gave 1.8% of way when they did that study. That's a, that's a, that's a, 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 that says we really don't trust God all that much. We only trust him 1.8% of the way. Where he's saying, if you will trust me with this first portion, I will cover and bless the rest. I promise you, if you try it, God will bless you. You'll be blessed. You'll begin to... And one of the reasons I know this, because growing up, it's easy for me. Not easy. It's not easy. It's, ne- it's never easy just to say, here's, here's my finances. There's a joy in it. But one of the reasons it's maybe easier for me is because I, I was modeled for me by my parents. I saw them do it. And they still do it. And God blesses them. And I saw how he blessed them. And he took care of us. And he provided. When my dad didn't have a job, and we went through seasons, years of, of, not ha- of, of, of having to live on less. Uh, while back since Saturday and I, we, we, we lived on less than half of our income from the year before because of a change in stuff. It was, it was challenging. But looking back, I don't know how I made it on that little, but God provided. He took care of us because he always does. If you put him first by giving God what belongs to him already. That's the challenge for today is live by principle, not pressure. All right? So, here, so here's the deal. Uh, that's our challenge. Um, if you're here today and you don't, uh, maybe you're new to church, and hopefully that wasn't too much pressure because it's really not about getting what you have. It's really about you having the right heart because God cares about your heart. But, but the reason, as, reason we give as Christians is because God gave. He set the standard, and we just follow his example. John 3.16 says, God loves us so much that he gave his only son. His only son, that's his first fruit. Like, God doesn't just tell us, he practices it. And, and first fruit, you give away not knowing exactly what's going to take place next. Well, Romans 5.8, it tells us this, that God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Like before you even made that decision, Christ said, I'm going to die on your behalf, even if you don't make this choice. Like I'm going to give you an opportunity to be free from sin, free from death. And it's a faith statement. God, he practices what he tells us. He put Jesus first. Jesus was God's tithe. God loved us so much that he gave him first, his very best. He puts it out. He puts it on the line. His, his heart is where his mouth is. That's how God works. He, he shows us the examples and he lives it for us. And he says, now if you trust me, I'll bless you. See, so here's, here's maybe a little saying is um, we don't lose what we give to God, all right? God, because when we don't lose what we give to God, especially it's the first, because God redeems the rest for us. When you give God 10, you're not losing 10%. You're actually getting 90% redeemed. It's taken care of. It's covered. But when we withhold from God, we lose that part, even the extra parts. It's taken away, not by God, but by the enemy, by other things that come up. Anything first, every, any first thing that's, that's given is never lost, but any first thing that's not giving, given is always lost. When you don't put God first, you run out of time, you run out of finances, you lose it. But when we put God first, it's never lost. The best thing you can give God is your heart and your life. That's the absolute best thing. Money is just an indication of that, but he wants your heart first. In fact, in Matthew 6, 16, 25, you might be here today and you're thinking, all right, so what does this mean to me? Well, G- Matthew tells us this. He says, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What does that mean? Well, 
It means that when you willingly say, God, I want to serve you. I'm going to let go of my rights and my agenda. I'm going to, I'm going to, the word that the Bible uses is repent. It means to turn away. So it means like you're going your own direction. Like life's about me. I'm going this way. And the Bible says, well, if you will turn from your agenda and your direction and turn to me or return to me, and I'll, I'll begin to, to give life and I'll bless your ways. And so repent means you stop going the direction that's unhealthy, the direction that's leading to death, and you begin to go God's direction. So if you, if you willingly lose your life, like you say, I'm going to let go of that, you will gain it and you'll earn it. And so today, if you're here, this is my invitation. Would you willingly lay down your life and lose your life so you can gain what God has for you? That's what it means to be a Christ follower. On a daily basis that we, we lay down our rights and say, today, it's not all about me. God, what do you want to do in my life? That's why coming to church Sunday is so important because you say, God, I'm putting you first. What do you want to do the rest of this week? It's not just about money, about making deals and making more profit. What do you want to do through this week with me in me? When you put him first, he redeems the rest. He begins to lead you in that. So if you're here today, the Bible says that because of our choices and our path, and it leads us away from God. It leads us to death. And you know you're on that road because you don't have peace. You don't have joy. You don't have any good thing that God has for you on a, on, on a consistent basis. You might have ups and downs and highs, you know, and, you know, looking for different ways to fulfill it. But you're really, you know it. You feel it. And you came today, and there's an emptiness in you. And God is saying, if you'll put me first, if you'll die to yourself, I'll give you so much life that there'll be more than enough for you and everybody else around you. I'm not talking about money right now. I'm talking about your heart and your life. If you're here today and you're empty, and you would say, God, I want to put you first. I want to die to myself. Forgive me of my sins. The Bible says when we confess, God hears it, and he responds, and he forgives us, and he wipes the slate clean and gives us a new start. Would you close your eyes and bow your head today as we close? If you're here today and I was talking to you, I want to lead you in a prayer. I'm not going to call you to the front. Just a simple prayer that's an invitation of relationship to God, saying, God, I need your help. I want your help. Forgive me. I want a new start. If that's you today and you're here, would you raise your hand and let me know, and I'll lead you in a prayer. Awesome. I see your hand. Awesome. Today could be a new day. I see your hand. Awesome. Anybody else? Amen. For you to raise your hand, would you pray this prayer with me? It's a declaration and invitation saying, God, lead me. Repeat after me. Would you, the rest of us, would you join them in prayer? Encourage them. Today, say, Father God, today I invite you into my life. Forgive me that I have not put you first. Forgive me that I have sinned against you. I confess that I need your help. I can't do it on my own. I believe you died on that cross for me to give me new life and to show me a better way. Today I put my trust in you. I let go of my pride, of my sin, and I I receive what you have for me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can I pray for you that pray that prayer? Father, thank you for the courage that it took for them to admit that they need your help. God, I, I pray for each one that as they came in, the pressure they're feeling, Lord God, and, 
in whatever area of their life they're feeling that pressure, that you'd begin to come and lead them and guide them. God, protect them. Father God, as they give you the first of their week, Lord God, redeem the rest of it. Lord God, in their relationships, in their time, in their conversations, in their work. Father God, for the rest of us here, Father, as we, as we begin to put you first in our lives, help us to honor you and bless you with all that we do and all that we have. You're a good Father. And we love you, God. And we invite you just to lead us this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can we celebrate those that pray that prayer today?